Hello there and welcome to another Wrongways Columbia cast with me, Brendan Wrongway Corrigan. Now, the economic fallout from the coronavirus restrictions in place across the world is having a varied effect on individuals and businesses, depending on the sector. Some are fortunate enough to be in industries where they can work from home in largely the same way as before this pandemic struck. In other areas, such as supermarkets and similar food stores, business remains strong, while the likes of delivery services are, by all accounts, doing quite well. Then you have the hospitality industry, whose entire business model is centred on having real bums on beds and seats. But with national and international travel practically at a complete standstill, there is little demand for hotels and hostels. Indeed, hostels in particular, as the default option for most backpackers, rely on international travel and much less so on the local market. It's probably fair to assume that in the coming weeks and months, many will be forced out of operation. Andy Farrington is owner of the well-known Cranky Croc Hostel in the historic centre of Bogota, and I must add that the Cranky Croc was my first lodgings in this city all the way back in 2009. Uh, Andy, thanks for joining us in what I can only imagine is quite a worrying time for you. So how is business right now? Yeah, thanks, Brendan. Um, well, like you can imagine, it's, it's pretty quiet. It's, it's never been this quiet before. Even, I think, in the first days of operation, I had more uh, more fun and excitement than what we're having in these few days. We, d- we have a few people here at the minute, which um, are just the people who got locked down and uh, decided to do the, the first four days, then a further two weeks and another two weeks of quarantine with us and um, and are pretty much stuck, actually. So, so that's where it's at with here. And from, from what I can gather from other hostels around the area, everyone who has not closed down, which are quite a few, um, are struggling along with two or three or five or maybe 10 or 12 guests who are also just maybe paying uh, a, a weekly or monthly rate. So everything's kind of gone to uh, survival mode. I don't think anyone's really thinking too hard about making any money at this time, but maybe in my case, at least, it's just a matter of, cutting some of the expenses down so that hopefully when it's all over, we're, we're still able to be operating. Yeah, you're talking about keeping the expenses down. So what exactly are you doing then in that regard? Oh, when I say keeping the expenses down, I mean covering the expenses of what I should have said, mate. So yeah. obviously there's some fixed costs to the staff, which uh, I've had to reduce uh, their wages at the minute. And, and now we're looking at all sorts of contingencies. Uh, it's a bit hard to... I've got a team of guys and girls who have been working with me for quite a long time and they're sort of part of a family here at the at the Cranky Croc and we're kind of working out how to how to basically not just sustain the hostel over this period but also them because I don't think the the employment environment outside of this industry is all that good at the minute for them to make a change just now either so keeping the what I mean keeping the uh, covering the costs of things more than anything so with the guests that we have here, we probably can cover um, at the minute about 40 or 50% of operational costs. Uh, the staff aren't actually coming in uh, because the idea is to try to keep everybody at, at home and away from <clears throat> away from potential contagion. And, of course, if any industry wants this to be over and done with quickly, it's, uh, it's our industry. So that's where it's so important for us to do that. So, yeah, just basically trying to, with the few people we have and uh, – Doing things like turning the hot water off during the night time and uh, just turning, uh, putting all the drinks in one fridge instead of three—just little things that we have to 
try and work out what to do. The staff are taking a minimum salary at the minute until until we either get back into operation or until we have to uh, find another find something else for them. Yeah, and how many staff would you normally have then? So we have twelve normally, twelve staff. Um, the the nomina, which you call it, the basically the payroll here is around about twenty million pesos per month. Um, so obviously, well, well, kind of luckily, I had I had someone leaving anyways was going to leave at the end of uh, March, so she'd already resigned, and that's one less one less salary to worry about. And okay. everyone else uh, this month, like I say, this month they've all uh, they've all taken a, a minimum salary. We're looking at some of the government models of. You know, um, there's a few offers out there to get loans to cover salaries, but at the minute they're loans at what they call a low interest, which might be 16% a year out here. So they're not very they're not very useful so far from what's been offered. Uh, there's a yeah. employment subsidy. So for with staff who have been paying a thing called caja compensation, they're entitled to three months of uh, of a, like a two thirds salary from their Caja compensation. So fortunately, we've always had them in, enrolled in everything that you're meant to. So they're all entitled to that, which will be the next step for us is to basically uh, officially dismiss them, get them on this uh, what they call an unemployment subsidy for three months, and probably just I'll just um, pay subsidise that with a bit extra so they can afford their rent and food in the meantime until I work out what we can do. Okay, well, that, that's interesting to know that there is actually a little bit of government support because I know they announced uh, measures uh, for, for the very poor, the, the poorest of the poor in the country. But in terms of uh, an employer, you, you do have some government support at least. Yeah, like I say, so that's that's a thing called caja compensation, which is a compulsory um, when you pay your staff, if you're paying everything as you should, um, uh-huh. which obviously not everybody, not everybody's done. But fortunately, uh, that's what always been what we've done here. So they're entitled to that. Like I say, it's only three months, and it's only uh, two thirds. It's basically two salaries over three months. But probably more importantly, it does cover their health care for six months. So it's, that's one expense that I don't have to worry about is paying their health as well for six months, even if I okay. keep giving them something just to help them with their living costs. But but that that was in place before this crisis. So is there any like additional support from the government coming your way? So so actually that that's a that's an old um, thing that was in place, but it had had not been used for a lot of years. So they reinstated that um, the the unemployment subsidy. Okay. And apart from that, the government's well, like I say, they've offered what they do. They've got this fund, like a big sinking fund, that the government can get a hold of. To, for these sort of emergencies. And, and what they do, they, they do it through a, a government bank called Bancoldex. I've learned a lot about this the last few weeks, obviously read a lot because everyone's trying to work out what to do. So Bancoldex, what they do, they're a bank that distributes money out to, um, to what they call first-level banks, so like your local bank, to then distribute out to the public. And as a result, what happens is they charge the banks an interest rate plus, I guess, your consumer price index as well. And then what um, those banks do is they then offer the loans. Maybe the conditions to get the loan are a bit easier than usual for what they call a, a free investment loan, an inversion, their libre inversion. And but they're they're also the most expensive loans. But I, I already have a, a, a leasing loan on the on the hostel, 
and I can take money against that. That's that's at twelve and a half percent per year. But the the rates of their free investment loans are eighteen percent because they're getting this money support from the government. They've been obliged to drop it down by two percent. So the support that they're offering is basically, you know, if 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 we could think that in three months things would be back to normal, you'd sort of say, well, that's okay. I can put myself in debt, hold out for three months, and get back on up and running again. But we just don't know. And yeah. that, that doesn't look like it's going to be doesn't look like it's going to be this year that we can kick off operationally properly again. So it's for for a lot of businesses, yeah. I think it's too hard. It's very difficult. Yeah, exactly. Um, now. You mentioned, I think, what you've nine guests there at the minute, which are kind of it's almost like a, a, an apartment. I'm, I'm guessing now the arrangement that you have with them, an apartment share. How long are they going to be there? Do you know? Or I guess they can't leave the country at the moment. Or what's the story with those nine guests? So basically, for most of them, um, the idea is as soon as the as soon as the what do you call it, the quarantine's over and done with. Most of them will probably try and head off to somewhere. Like even if they stay in the country, they'll try and go somewhere different. They're actually, they're all sort of talking about they'll stay they'll stay in Bogota for a few days anyway. Got here under under the quarantine and haven't had a chance to really see Bogota. And yeah. so <clears throat> most of them are interested in that. The thing is, what do you see in Bogota when all the museums and bars and restaurants and Montserrat are all closed? So. I mean, they can probably just walk the streets of the old area and maybe looking at some of the rules that are coming out on the 27th, maybe they can't go to the parks or anything. So hard to say what they'll want to do, but it'll be the same wherever they go. So it's a hard choice for them too. If they if they just try and get flights and go home, I think it's their best option. And otherwise, or just wait it out. I mean, they're pretty happy yeah. here. They're a good crowd, fortunately. No one's killed anyone yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that is good, exactly. And do you have a, is it a, a good mix of uh, nationalities there? Or are they all the same or what's, what's the breakdown? Yeah, it's actually, it's completely mixed. I've got, what do I got? I've got an Argentine, uh, an American, I've got a, a German couple who live in Tasmania. I've got three Swedish guys who, who their first month, their first two weeks here were locked in a room. So they were, <laughs> uh, they're, they're pretty easy going about it all, given the situation. And... Um, yeah, it's it's a, bit, it's a bit of a mix, really. I'm an Australian guy, too. Uh, of course, you did up the, the Cranky Croc, uh, renovated it there in the last couple of years, if, if I'm correct. Uh, I haven't been down that way in a long time, actually. But so I'm guessing in terms of the hostels in the centre, yours is probably one of the one of the better ones to be in, to be in a quarantine and lockdown in compared to some of the others, which are quite small and maybe don't have the same kind of space. Yeah, well, certainly there, there's two people who are here who started their quarantine in another hostel and happened to get in touch. And I, I don't know which one they were saying. Well, I can't, I'm not going to say anyways. But um, yeah. they, they weren't happy because they couldn't get any outdoors or anything. So I've got a little terrace outside. I've got I've got uh, open patios. The room where the Swedish guys were or are, they've, they've got a private balcony to the outdoors. So even though they were locked in a room, they couldn't go into the social area of the hostel. They could at least sit outside. They're all sitting on the roof and sunbaking and, uh, yeah, that's kind of – obviously, this, I, I guess, yeah, I did renovate it and it's got some pretty good open areas. It's got a – I've got a good kitchen going. The, Eddie, the chef, stayed on and he's been doing meals for them, which makes them – like, they're very, he's a very good chef. So we've got good meals going. We've got the barbecue. We've got the ping pong table, a lot of beer pong, a lot of uh, – I don't know what they call it, but you race around the table playing ping pong. Um, All right. The Australian guy is actually a salsa teacher, so he's been teaching salsa. We've been given uh, 
uh, English and um, Spanish lessons. So one girl's a yoga teacher. She's been taking yoga in the morning. So like I say, they're kind of um, they're making the most of the situation and they've got the basic facilities here to do it. I'm going to give them a project. Actually, I've got all these uh, beer bottle tops that I'm just going to get a great big chunk of wood and get them to stick beer bottle tops to it and try and make a logo out of it or something just to keep them busy as well. So okay. that's, the, no. that's the trick to it. Yeah, nice. Um, and, and of those nine then, are they actually like covering your, your expenses? No, mate. No, it's probably, uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm, it's a bit hard to calculate exactly, but at the minute I'm probably covering about 40 to 50% of, uh, of our costs with their, okay. with them, I guess, paying their rooms and whatever booze and food and stuff that they consume that helps out a little bit as well so so yeah i kind of when i put out the promotion for the weekly rates i i was banking on maybe getting 20 people in and like i say we didn't quite get that many so so once yeah. we're, we're committed to it but even if even if i had nobody in the hostel at all i'd still have to like i mean i'd still have to pay this car for another month i'd still have to pay the sort of the basic costs of having the building here still uses water and gas and electricity and stuff so of course, because I mean that must be the worry, Andy. That like when these nine go, maybe in the next month, if if things open up and they can leave, that there's going to be nobody coming to replace them then. And as you said, maybe you, you can survive for three months or whatever. But it's it's that long term, as I mentioned in the in the intro, that we just don't know how long this is going to go on. And you'd imagine that tourism is not going to pick up in the next six months. So that obviously is is a big concern for you. Yeah, so like I was mentioning, I think probably uh, that well economically we're, we're kind of buggered for the year anyway. So just got to take that one on the chin. I've I've got some savings that I like. I say I can probably get through about three months on. Then I'll have to make some drastic movements, I guess, with uh, with uh, with the staff. Just work out how to you know help them to survive through it. They're very good. Like they're basically family, so everyone's kind of agreed that you know that. We'll just each take what we need to get by on until we until we get through it. And I do have access to a loan. Like I've spoken to the bank about the with the loan that I already have on this and how much I can redraw on it. And also, I've sort of done a contingency plan for, you know, I'll probably hate to say how much it's going to be, but that'll get me through until probably July next year. So I'm I'm, I'm hoping that it's not that long, but I'd rather bank on that. And if it's earlier, it's a bonus. But you know, if, if you kind of bank on in three or four months, maybe things pick up again. You just live with this anxiety that maybe it doesn't. So, yeah. So it's like it's the old expression. Um, control. Yeah. I was going to say, um, hope for the best and, and plan for the worst, I guess, is the, the mentality that you have. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to, mate. Like, like honestly, the first, the first uh, maybe 10 days of this, I, I just lived with a headache. I, I couldn't, there's all this information coming in that none of it made sense. It was conflicting. The government had told us something one day. They, I don't know if you've seen the, the list of the presidential decree, those, the decrets, the, what they decree each day, but there's about a dozen of them every day. There's a, each one's like got about 30 pages of garbage on it before we actually two-sentence point on it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you just it – was, it was crazy. And I was, I was really still – I think I was going nuts myself. I know a lot of mates in business who have bars and restaurants who you also know, mate, and uh, – once again, like I say, it's the anxiety of not knowing and, and therefore not being able to plan. And that's where I guess after I kind of got over this shock that lasted for about 10 days and started saying, right, you know, I've got to, I've got to pay school for the kids, rent for the house, loan repayments, all those sort of things. 
that just don't add up when you don't have your business in good health. So, so just did a contingency plan, and, and uh, first I did it until <laughs> you'll have, at first I was thinking July this year, and then I redid it again after hearing a bit more information for January, thinking because January is usually a good high season for us. Yeah. But then, given like I say, just to a to get even though I was planning out to January, then I was still worrying about what happens if it doesn't. What happens? So I've planned it out now until July next year. I'll uh, I'll hold out as long as I can before I draw any money out on a loan because what I'm basically doing you're loaning money to pay off loans, which doesn't make sense. To pay the interest rates. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, that's the yeah that's the plan just now yeah well i don't i don't envy you in in that um sounds very difficult of course but um also like the center relies on a lot of tourism that the historic center of bogota so i'm guessing as i said i haven't been there and with the with the quarantine and the lockdown i I won't be in the center for for another couple of weeks at least is it very quiet around there yes mate it's incredibly quiet it's like a ghost town and it's actually um it's actually really freaky when you're not used to it. You know, like it's a bustling sort of part of the city. There's always students and even high season for the foreigners. There's always people around. There's uh, little shops open up here, there and everywhere. There's people selling things on the street normally. But, um, you know, I, I walk down from here to the Olympica three blocks away and, and I don't think I've ever passed anybody on the street. And I can sit here at the at the reception now looking at the video outside and the street is just... Like I say, it's like a wild west ghost town. It's just the only thing it's missing is a few, uh, a few of those whirly twirlies blowing down the street. <laughs> yeah, well, because I was thinking, like, obviously, you said you've got the kitchen there and, and a chef that you could look at maybe branching out into into uh, offering takeout some food, but there's probably no one around to buy it in in that part of town. Is <laughs> would I be right in saying that? Yeah, I think I think there. Obviously, in the last few years, I'm not sure if you know, but in the last few years, a lot of buildings have gone up, and there is a lot of people who reside in the centre, mostly university students. Mm-hmm. But I imagine, given the situation, a lot of them have, um, you know, they don't have to come to university every day, so they've probably moved back to wherever their parents live, whether it's to the north, the south, or in other towns or whatever. They're doing their university from home, so. I think that's part of it, that the general population that's always here, obviously almost every foreigner who might have been here has flown away now. So so the general population's just disappeared. And then you've got the the old population that was always here and, um, you know, there's a couple of people in one house here and a couple in another one. You know, a lot of those have moved out over the last few years, which is where you've got the explosion of new hostels and restaurants and things that have bought these old houses and done them up. Well, now they're all shut as well. So... Yeah, yeah I, I guess the, the restaurant initially that was going to be my plan to get back up and moving again was to we, we've we've had the restaurant here and we 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 don't really open to the public publicly like we have people from the public come in who know us and that but we actually haven't got to the point of opening the doors to the public so I thought well first thing we need to do is I think restaurants will be open before hostels will have foreign traffic back through them again so we'll get that up and running and I that I thought wouldn't be that long away but the more I look at these rules, I think the less likely it is that we're going to have a chance to open that. And maybe for home delivery or takeout, it's a little bit it's a little bit hard to start as that. I think I'm not sure if it's something that we have to study still, get our head around it. Okay, but they are are they part of this contingency plan that you you have in your head? To be honest, mate, my my plan, my contingency plan, is as if I won't make any money for the next 14 months. Uh, It'll be all based on 
what the living cost I have if the hostel is empty. I do have another another plan too is I've got a couple of people who have moved into the hostel or are going to move into the hostel shortly as and pay a monthly rent, that, including some of my staff. So so there is, a, you know, I can create a small income having, uh, having people here like almost like you get those student accommodation houses type of thing. And once again, that gives me the benefit of having people in the house is for security-wise. I mean, there's apparently there's been – I've heard on the news anyways, I'm not sure how true anything is, but there's been break-ins to a lot of businesses and things that have been left empty over this time. So it's good to always have someone around. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I guess the, the, the thinking as well, Andy, from a positive side is that you, you get through this and come out the other side – that and this is terrible for the other businesses around there but uh some of the (laughs) well i'm going to say that the less established hostels uh, and restaurants maybe in the in the center they might have gone bust gone to the wall so that if you come out of it you'll be standing tall well that's the plan mate I, i think we also you know this is a good business it's been sound it's been going for over 12 years now and uh it's although it's had its ups and downs in sense of uh, better years and worse years, but it's always been a solid business. And I think that uh, a lot of what's happened in the last few years with an explosion of offer ha- has uh, made it a bit of a tougher business. And a lot of the newer or smaller ones haven't done all that well. So I think this could be, like you say, unfortunately for them and potentially fortunately for those of us who make it through it, and hopefully on one of those, is that afterwards the the demand hopefully comes back quickly. I imagine after being told not to go anywhere for a year, a year and a half, people have been itching to travel. That's usually what happens. It's happened in the past after the when the Twin Towers got hit in the States and tourism kind of crumbled and then when it all came back, people went nuts going travelling. So I think, um, yeah, the potential for the good days to come back is pretty high once this is over and done with. So that's why that contingency plan is so important. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to uh, quote uh, Winston Churchill. It's not usual an Irishman quotes Winston Churchill, but uh, he's apparently said when you're going through hell, you've got to keep going. So I guess this is the time. It's a, it's a bad moment, and obviously for a lot of industries, and especially yours, but it's this is the time, obviously, to, to just keep on going. And, and as I said, hopefully you come out the other side and then see brighter days again. That's right, mate. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, things in history that have shown that those who who tucked in and when times were tough and some I mean mate you know I think if a savvy a savvy businessman who actually has any money at the minute who's in this industry would go around buying up a lot of these places that have uh, not been going too well get them while they're cheap maybe come out the other side of it and can can make a better business out of them I think would be a great opportunity once again but I don't know anyone who's got money just now so well, I was just going to say that, yeah, exactly. And, and anyone who does, uh, well, uh, I guess that the working classes and middle classes, they're holding on to them. The very rich, perhaps, uh, is probably something that will happen. The, the very wealthy will come in and mop up a lot of these places, but we'll see. Well, look, Andy, I appreciate uh, you taking the time. Uh, obviously, it's, it's not too busy for you there, but I know you've got a lot of worries uh, on, on your plate at the moment. But uh, fingers crossed that uh, maybe in a year, who knows? It's it's all conjecture at this stage, isn't it? It's all guesswork. Nobody knows. But uh, hopefully in, in, a, in 12 months or something like that, that things will get back to normality. Andy Farrington of the Cranky Croc Hostel, thank you very much for joining us on uh, Wrong Ways Columbia Cast. No worries, mate. Thanks a lot for having me.
Cheers, a pleasure. And if you do want to make uh, contact uh, with me here, you can get me on the Twitter handle at Way Corrigan and uh, my Facebook page, uh, Wrong Way Corrigan blog. And just Andy, just finally to say as well that if there are people listening to this who maybe are looking for a place within the greater Bogota area, um, obviously get in touch with you via your own, your own Facebook and all of that, yeah? Yeah, that's right, mate. Yeah, they can give us a call or anything. There's, even though we're, we're kind of sleeping at night times now, but there's, we're keeping the phones with us and uh, if anyone needs anything or even if they just want to, I don't know, if they need help or advice and anything, they're free to, free to give us a yell and we'll see. Cheers. Okay, lovely yeah. stuff, Andy. If you want to come and stay, we've got plenty of space. <laughs> okay, good stuff. I might take up on that offer yet myself. All right then, Andy, thanks very much for that. All the best. <laughs> All right, likewise. Cheers, mate.